Welcome to episode one of Turn Back the Clock. Your hosts, I am Adam from Splendid Sports, and that's Dylan from Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. How you doing, Dylan? Very good. Thank you, Adam. This is exciting. Our first show. It's always fun to jump on with you here. This was an idea we've been rolling around for quite some time. Um, so I want to start off first with kind of just running through what this show is going to be and the format. Um, basically, what, what the idea is, it's going to be probably a half hour show, maybe a little less, um, maybe a little longer, but we're going to try to keep it to about a half hour. You never know with these things. Um, but the idea, it's a pretty simple format that we want to do here. It's, it's really two segments. So each, each uh, we're going to do it every two weeks, what we're going to do, at least to start. Who knows? Maybe, you know, after we do some of these, we'll want to do more than every two weeks. But that's a good place to start. Um, where what we're going to do is we're going to start off each show. We're going to get nostalgic in every show for the first 10, 15 minutes. We're going to we're going to kind of zero in on something from the past in the hobby. You know, it might be a player, a player, players cards. It could be a set. It could be price guides. It could be a year. I mean, it could be anything basically hobby related that we feel like we want to just talk about for 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then we're going to end the show for about 10, 15 minutes with something current future topic. So um, not something in the past so much, but something that's you know, might apply to people who are more interested in hobby news of the day and, and future predictions, things like that. A lot of opinions. We're, we're going to give a lot of opinions on this show. Um, but that's kind of the idea. And who knows? Maybe we'll change that. But that's what we're running with to start here. Does that, does that work with you, Dylan? Do you like that idea? Sounds fantastic. I'm excited. So the, the, one of the questions when I mentioned this to a few people, the name of the show, Turn Back the Clock, uh, a couple of people asked me, so are you going to talk about the turn back the clock cards on every episode? <laughs> and I said, no, we, we love those, but I don't think we could do that. So, but we did feel like for the first episode here, it makes sense for the first episode, we're going to talk about the turn back the clock cards, because that's one of the things that actually Dylan, when we first connected over you, <laughs> when we first connected over YouTube, um, I realized there was someone else out there who had a deep love for card on cards or cards on cards, whatever you want to call it and turn back the clock cards. I've always been a huge fan of, we'll get into why uh, we're going to show some of our collections of those cards and the originals. Uh, but when I, when I connected with you and found out that you were a huge fan of the turn back the clock cards, uh, also cards from like the, even before that, like the 75 cards where they got uh, you're collecting that MVP set. That's cards on cards. So uh, that was something that kind of brought us together early on. And so it just made sense to name the show Turn Back the Clock because uh, although the whole show isn't going to be about nostalgia and going back, that's going to be a big part of it. So that's where that came from. Um, I think I think we should get into it here because I actually have an old article that, you know, the, the thing with these Turn Back the Clock cards I've always felt like they they really get brushed over. There's not a you don't hear much about them at all. I mean, I know I'm very biased, but um, you know they're very inexpensive, so that tells me that there's not a huge demand for people that want to collect them still. Um, you know, so I think I want to give those cards some love. I want to obviously show some cards, but also bigger than that, I want to explain why I feel like they're 
overlooked and should be given more credit for what we're seeing today with, with vintage cards. So let's get, I, I got an old article here, Dylan. I'm going to pull this up. Let me know. Can you see that? Perfect. All right. So Fernando. This, I got to give a shout out because this is an art. This is a blog called night owl cards. I don't know the guy who runs this blog, um, but it's, it's up to date. Like he's still doing posts as of, a couple days ago. So it's a, it's a blog that's been around for years. It's it. I would recommend checking it out. Nightowlcards.blogspot.com. But this is an article that he did back in 2014. And it was basically the only article that I can find about these cards that really goes into them. Um, so I rec I'm going to put a link in the show notes here to this article. I recommend people check it out. Uh, again, I think I reached out to this guy over social media months back, um, but I never heard back. So I, I don't know. I don't know who he is, but he does a great blog here. Uh, so I kind of want to dig in first, Dylan. You and I were just chatting. I'm going to go to the real quick. I'm going to go scroll down oh, here. Because, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Dude, oh. we, were just, we were just talking about this. So we, the, the, the history of Turn Back the Clock goes back here to – what you see here, 1977. These are the one, two, three, four, five. They had five turn back the clock cards, but they're really not the the cards that I'm most nostalgic about because these are not like these are not pictures of actual cards from the past. They're just kind of, you know, it just goes into like 10 years ago. Yaz had the triple crown, stuff like that. Um, still really cool, but this is the actual origin of the turn back the clock. I know you you got. You got the Yaz, right? Yeah, yeah, I got the Yaz. And that was funny because we were talking and we were like, I'm like, wait a second, that's so weird because for some reason I still hadn't, in my brain, didn't register that these started in 77. Even though I had it in my hand, I'm like thinking this is like a 90s card. Yeah, look at yours. Yours is so nice. What is yours graded there? A nine? That's a mint, mint nine. Oh man, mine's graded a PR. <laughs> still looks good. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's funny that that is, that's where it started, and that's not what we wanted to. That isn't what we were talking about when we decided to do this. It was the card on cards. That's what was relevant to us, you know, in our era as collecting. But it was really cool to go back and realize that's. I think that's where they started was seventy seven. Yeah. So continue on, Adam. You didn't. It's typical tops, like right, like it's so it's so random. They literally they did that thing in 1977, and then years go by, almost 10 years until 1986. 1986 tops. They they brought turn back the clock back, uh, but then they did it basically as you see here. These are five of the cards in that the five cards in the turn back the clock subset. God, and those they, are sick. I have those. Yeah. Why did, I, I can't believe I couldn't find Ah, I should have pulled them. The only one I got, I, I only got the Willie Mays turn back the clock. Um, I have the other four. Yeah. But I didn't bring them out for some reason. <laughs> As someone who clicks graded cards like me, like I look for these graded, like see if I can find them in, you know, nines or tens. Man, the, the Maris is so hard to find. Like I, I've had a safe search for the Maris in like a, graded nine or whatever, or nine or 10 for like years. And they never, it never comes up. I know a lot of people don't grade these cards, but some of the other ones pop up pretty frequently, but the Maris never does. Yeah. You know what? That Maris, I'm so bummed because I actually won an auction. It was, it was 99 cents. 
it was a buyback of the turn back the clock of that exact one about a month ago the card never showed up so i ended up getting my money back but i really wanted the card i had the buyback stamp on it so cool shout out to shane shane from shoebox legends but it was the turn back the clock i really wanted it so yeah i love that you're going after those in created form are you trying to just do the tiffany's or standard no, I mean, it's kind of like whatever I find. The, I, I do have a few Tiffany's just because they popped up and they, they're, you know, a little more expensive. The whole Tiff, that's another episode we'll do is, is look at yeah. Tiffany cards because that's such yeah. a, that's such an interesting thing that they did there with the Tiffany cards. But um, yeah, it's just any of the versions, OPG, Tiffany, the right, the base, uh, whatever, um, you know, the regular tops, any of them I can find in high grade, I, I always go for them just because I'll, I'll say it now, like, for me, these cards mean so much, uh, not only to me, but I, this might be a, an overstatement, but I feel like a huge part of why we've seen over the last couple years, vintage card prices skyrocket is because a lot of the people who've come back into the hobby grew up when they were kids and they were opening these turn back the clock cards out of packs. And this was honestly, I know for me, this was the first, some of the first vintage cards I ever saw pictures of Beckett magazines, but also these turn back the clock cards. These were the first pictures I have seen had seen when I was a kid of, of vintage cards and that planted the seed. Um, and I feel like that seed is kind of coming to harvest now for a lot of the guys, our age, you know, early forties or whatever that now are buying the vintage cards that they, that these turn back the clock cards helped develop a love for back in the, you know, they came out 86 to 90. There was a five-year span where Tops did these. So I really I really credit these cards with developing that appreciation of kids for cards that were, you know, 10, 15, 20, whatever years old. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I you kind of always think back on what really got the love of vintage for me. And in it, a big had to do a lot with these turn back the clocks is 86. I was buying cards in 87 and 86 and guaranteed that is really what made the passion grow and seeing these cards. I remember as a kid, just looking at these and being like, that's basically to me, that was as close as I was going to get to those cards. And then you see them in the stores, the real thing. And you're just like blown away. So these turn back the clocks, they're spectacular. I think it was genius of tops to do these and to embed those like vintage players in our mind and keep the tradition of collecting in our in our minds and i think you're very much accurate on the fact that i think a lot of us even if we don't see that even if we don't know that for a fact i think uh psychologically that's we got a lot of these a lot of guys in our era that's what got us into vintage cards yeah, because, you know, kids now, they can just go on Instagram and or Google and you can literally see a picture and learn the history of any card you want, no matter how old, vintage. So, that, but in the 80s, you know, before internet, this was as close yet like we could get. I, I had a local card shop that had zero vintage uh, and that was the only one I could get to for many years. Uh, you know, I didn't, I had like one within really driving distance of where we grew up. So, um, I never even saw vintage cards in person. It was either through Beckett magazines or these turn back the clock cards or like, you know, when uh, Bowman did like reprints and stuff of, of vintage cards. That was it. So Man, I, I feel bad for you, Adam. Love for him. 
I feel bad for you. I saw lots of vintage. My shop had vintage. I had a museum by my house. I loved vintage, but I think you're right, though, about the cards. Oh, the 87s. Look at those gems. So what I have pulled up here, because, again, this is going to go out as a podcast, too, on um, basically uh, all the podcast networks for Splendid Sports. Uh, but also, um, you know, we're going to alternate channels. So every two weeks, we're going to do one of these episodes. So if you haven't subscribed to one of our channels, you know, make sure you subscribe to both because uh, we're going to alternate where the episodes go on each other's channel. So that way you'll catch all of them. But yeah, this is so of all the years, uh, 87 tops. These are this is my favorite group of cards that they, <laughs> that they ever did for the turnback cards. Unbelievable group here. Yeah. And one's not even a real card. The, you know, the uh, Maury Wills doesn't even exist. It's just, that's what I love. They made up a card for Maury Wills. And you know what? Why don't we should show some of ours that we have? Cause I've got another one right here. Blast me on the full screen. Do that. Here we go. Hold on one sec. Let's get you. So just like there that Maury are. Wills, this is a 1990s Fred Lynn, 75 tops. Yep. And that car did not exist because that was his rookie year. So you got the combo here. It's the same photo, but it's a different card. So I love that Topps made up a card. I just thought that I just think it's really cool to see that. And this is his MVP and rookie um, rookie of the year uh, season as well. Um, yeah, I, I dude, I, I love these cards. They're just fascinating. Um, let's pull up another one. Uh, do you have the seventy? The 1990s with the 70. I got this guy right here, the Johnny Bench. Yep. What are you run through all your years and I'll run okay. through all mine. Okay, let's do that. So I got the 70 Johnny Bench, 1970 tops Johnny Bench. Wow. And this is his MVP season as well. So just a special card and a high uh, number card as well. Um, just an awesome one. And then I think this might be my favorite. One because I'm obsessed with Bob Gibson and the 19. Uh, this is a 1988 tops card, and this is Bob Gibson's MVP season with his 1968 tops card showing. And then I have his 1968 tops card right here, and this is one of my favorite cards of all time. Yeah. I just love Bob Gibson, and, and this is just a special card. Um, and then my next one here. I've got the Sandy Koufax from 1990 tops and it has the 1965 top Sandy Koufax on it with the Dodgers. And I have that card right here. And that is a beautiful 1965 top Sandy Koufax PSA four. And then I got one more here. I've got, see if I have the, where'd the card go, got them out of order here. Uh-oh. Where is it? Where'd you go? Oh, here it is. I've got the 1988 mm -hmm. tops with the 1963 Stan Musial. Just amazing. And then I got his card right here. I know you're going to be twinsies with me on this one for sure. Yep. So, yeah, I love it. And I think collecting cards that are on the card is just this is awesome i'm literally going to be going deeper down this rabbit hole as i go so let's see let's see some of yours let's see what right. we got pull this up here we go all right so i'm going to start now because i'm crazy i all these are graded right i just of course yeah, i love grading high, high grades probably tens yeah. 
So I'm going to start oldest to, to newest. So we got first one here. Yeah. So that 77, Yaz, turn back the clock in a PSA 9. Then we got, this is a 86 tops Willie Mays PSA 10. Uh, and this is a, a Tiffany. So it's got the. Oh, the well done. Back there. Um, Wait, before you move on from that one. Now we were talking before that 86 and then 89 are the exact same design. So if you get a chance, show those two at the same time. Let's, Let's see, see it. it. You have that. You don't have that maze 71 though. You said you sold it. Yeah. I, I, I used to have, um, I used to have a BVG maze of the 71. Honestly, the only reason I had it was because it was one of the cards on the turn back the clock cards. I don't yeah. love the 71 maze. He looks angry. Um, yeah. And so I, I ended up selling it. I don't know if I'll ever get another copy of, of the 71 maze just for, having this collection, but, um, not one of my favorite cards. So I ended up selling it and we'll see, but yeah, I don't, I don't have that original yet again. Well, how many maze cards are really good looking? Not, not that many, but you still got to have them. Yeah. Cause he's Willie Mays. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, you know what? One of these episodes will just, Willie Mays will be the turn back the clock and we'll just run through his yes. cards. <laughs> um, but this is my favorite, my favorite turn back the clock card of all time. Oh yeah, I know it. Roberto Clemente, and this is a, a PSA 10, 1987. Uh, and so we got the original, 1972 tops, my favorite Clemente card of all time. Show that one real good. That is like, that's, that is, it looks like a 10. That's as well, that's the nicest 72 Clemente you could ever find. Man, that thing's nice. You know, yep. those are hard to get centered like that. Whew. Yeah, P PSA 6, but yeah, good centering. Wow. And I don't know, man, something about this card. He's tossing the ball. He, you know, it. didn't die. He died not too long after this in a plane crash. So it's just, I don't know. This is like, man, this card is just unbelievable for me. Um, and then I got the 87 tops Yaz in a PSA 10. Is that then, his triple crown year? Yeah, that his triple crown year. Triple crown year. And then I got the original, another card that's so tough to find centered. And then, you know, this is a PSA 5 of the 67 tops Yaz card. And great copy here of that. Nice, nice one there. And uh, now we're in 88 where we got Stan Musial. This is a Topps Tiffany PSA 10. Ooh. Topps Tiffany. Uh, and then they got... It's pretty high grade here. I got the the original in a 7.5 SGC. Yeah, you beat me. Nice. Mine might be better centered than yours. I'm trying it to might see. Be. Nah, might yours be. yours looks pretty dang sharp. Yours, mine might be I'd trimmed. Trim. I don't know. Mine looks I'd, like it might be trimmed. <laughs> I I I I'd, I'd trade you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to trim cards, but someone might have done. It. All right, and then um, maybe my I'm gonna say my second favorite ever turn back the clock card is the mm -hmm. Hank Aaron. Uh, 1989, yeah, 89, turn back the clock, home run king card. I, I opened so many of these from packs and man, just because, you know, you hear so much about Hank Aaron as a kid and then you're opening cards and you're like, wait, that's a, that's an actual card that, that original uh -huh. card, that thing's incredible. And so, you know, 
I don't know, a little while back, I was able to get this yes. one here. So this is a, a PSA 7 of the 74 tops, Home Run King. Great card. That card, that 74 Hanker and Special is so hard to find centered. Yep. That is very, very nice. I actually don't have one. Shane Shoebox Legends has has my old one. <laughs> That's it. It's gone. But yeah, they're, man, I had safe searches for a long time for that card. And yeah, you'd look at them like, oh, no. Like, because there's a lot of them, but yeah, it's it's tough to find the one you want. You know? It's tough. All right. And then a uh, few more. I got the, this is an Opeachy of Sandy oh. Koufax, 1990, PSA 10. And we got the original 65 tops. I got this one, old school label, PSA 7 of the Koufax. I, I love Koufax, so I had to go kind of big on that one. And then um, best catcher ever, 90 tops, PSA 10, Johnny Bench. And original... 1970 tops, Johnny Bench in an SGC seven. Wow, we're twins again. We both got that in SGC. Yep. Mine to five. And then Maybe last again. I also got the. You know what's funny? Uh, because you're you're an expert at the 75 top set. I'm not. Uh, this was. I was gonna say. I'm glad you went first because I was gonna say I need to get this card because I didn't know that. I thought this was a card. Uh, but this is the 90 tops. Tiffany Fred Lynn. Uh, in a PSA 10. So thank you because now I now I don't need to get that's a card I don't need to get now. So well, it's still a card. You, it's, it's still a card. Yeah. It's so the I same photo that. on his yeah. rookies card, and this was only three dollars the one I got. So it, it's an easy card to get. Oh, and then last last thing I wanted to show. So this is because there's a larger point to this one. This is a uh, a 2021 oh, yeah. tops now Mickey Mantle turn back the clock SGC 10. Um, you know, of the 87 top style design. But what I wanted to, the reason I wanted to show this is because I feel like tops, you know, they're still kind of, do, they're doing the turn back the clock thing still, but it's not the card on card. Like this is, you know, it's, it's basically, he's it's talking about a game winning home run he had in uh, 1960, but it's not, you know, it doesn't go back to a mantle card, which I would love to see tops and fanatics bring the, bring, turn back the clock back with the card on card, you know? And so th they're still doing it, but yeah, it's not, it's not the same. It's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, what we're looking for here. Let's go tops. Step it up. Like they, you can up. do turn back the clock. So like Mike Trout rookies. Now you can just go back. Give me some Koufax rookies and, you know, give me the Clemente rookie and the Hank Aaron rookie turn back the clock. Come on. I love it. That, there's so many things they could do that would appeal to, you know, it's great for kids, right, that are open just like us. When we were open them up, it's going to, you know, educate them. Because even though there is Internet, Instagram, Google, everyone lives in their little bubble on Instagram. They only see what what Instagram wants to show them. So it's still hard to kind of branch out of your sports card feed. If your feed is all modern stuff, you're not going to see a lot of the vintage cards that are out on Instagram and all these places. So by, yep. by tops doing it, I think they can expose kids to – players and cards from the past uh but it also would appeal to guys like us who would definitely i'd be more interested in buying that those products if i knew that turn back the clock cards were in them <laughs> yeah I, that's why i buy tops archives because at least i can see the you know the newer players on the old vintage cards but i'd rather see the turn back the clocks too for sure 
So let's right. pressure so, tops into doing that. That's a good idea. Keeps them, keeps, keeps everyone in the hobby. Yep. It, it's all like these cards are, they're, they're, again, they're fascinating to me because it was just like a small window. They, they brought it like the, the brand out, turn back the clock in 77. And then just quickly, you know, 87, we just looked at, um, look at that Reggie, that Reggie's such a classic card. Yep. 77. Ah. Oh. And then here's 80, you see um, 87 here, Nolan Ryan. These are cars. I don't have any of these. Jim, other than the Stan Musial, uh, Jim Rice, Ron Blomberg, Bob Gibson, Stan Musial. Those That's 89, yeah. 88. That's 88. 88. Yep. 88. And then uh, moving to 89, you oh, got Doc, go, yeah. Doc Gooden, Lou Brock, Hank Aaron, Tony Oliva, and uh, awesome. Gil Hodges. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like they, they did a turn back to clock, Gil Hodges. I mean, that's that's just classic. Yep. And then yeah, the last the last ones they did was that 1990. They even had uh let's see, yes. Wait, who was that? Who was this guy here? Dick Hauser. Oh wow. Oh, I didn't, didn't make the cut. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know I don't even know who that is. <laughs> never heard of him. Never yeah, th- never heard of him. Um, but yeah, Kofax was the big one. Obviously, then Johnny Bench. Fred Lynn and oh Mike Schmidt. Look at this oh, one. Yeah. Schmitty on the 80. Wow. That's a glorious card. But yeah, and that was it. And then they ended it. And um, you know, again, read this blog. You know, any any guys who watch this video, I would check this blog out because he makes some great, you know, I'm not gonna go through everything he wrote, but he makes some great points. Some of the ones that we've echoed, but um, yeah, and then there's the original, you know, where it started. So um pull this back up here that was great fun I, I feel like i just found another you know deeper rabbit hole for me to go down because there's a few of those that i hadn't seen in a while minus from the article but uh, yeah i need a i need my card and card i got a little addiction so continue <laughs> i wish tops would like they're, they're always so like secretive they never tell you like Hey, here's the person who came up with this design for this year. Oh, I wish. Or, I wish here's we knew here's all the that. guy who, uh, you know, 30 years ago thought of turn back the clock or whatever it was. And, and um, you know, he, he came up with that idea or she came up with that idea. And, you know, I don't know. They just never, there's no information on a lot of these things. So that's why it's so interesting. There's literally one blog post from almost 10 years ago that talks about it. But other than that, that's it. You know what? Just super sidetrack note, but. So my wife is an artist and she worked for companies for 10 years, you know, full time, all these different companies from home. And there's no credit ever given to the people who actually do the artwork. But the world is changing and that's changing. And look at tops. They do the tops projects and the tops nows. There's certain projects that they do and they're giving credit to the artist. I love to see that. I wish they would do. I wish they would tell us who did the artwork on the standard tops and who came up with that design. I think that's a really, it's like they kind of wanted to keep all that stuff secret for all these years, just like in all the other companies. But in reality, celebrate the artist too. It, it makes more sense. I want to buy more if I know who's behind the, the art side side note, but I love your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. So that was our, we could talk for hours about these cars. Yeah, yeah we better cut it. That was our own board. Over- cards every episode will not be about those cards but will we mention them again probably we probably yeah, will when we but pick one up we'll show one up absolutely so that was that was that that was us going back turning back the clock getting nostalgic um we're going to end the show here with a segment 
like we're going to do on every one of these, where we're going to get more current, uh, more future stuff. I figured, because you always inspire me. Every time I, you know, I, multiple times I've heard, I've heard you on, you know, other channels, your own channel. When you talk about um, your your views and your thoughts on the future of sports cards, we're not even necessarily talking all about pricing, but just the popularity of of cards. We've seen, you know, in my lifetime, there's been two major booms in your lifetime too. You know, the 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 card boom of the the era we were just looking at, 80s and, and early 90s. I'm not going to use the word the, the term for that era that that we've renamed to the boom era. Um, so the original boom era. And then we just had one. Uh, maybe we're at the tail end of it or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, the, the, the pandemic boom or whatever it's going to be called in the future. Uh, and you I've heard you say multiple times that you feel like there's not there's going to be a future where there's another boom, maybe multiple ones. But even you think even bigger than we've ever seen. So I want to really talk about that for a few minutes. I want to talk about first. Tell me why. Like, what do you? How do you? How do you um, see it happening? We're not Nostradamus here. No, nobody's guaranteeing anything, but it's opinions. So I want to get more into like why you feel that way and how you feel like what's going to come together in the future where that's going to happen. Oh man, this is great. So, <laughs> I, I straight up front, I'm an optimistic person. I've been optimistic my whole life. I always just, I don't know what it is. Who knows? But I always just, I like. I always just see the bright side of things, you know, for the most part and just see a future that's brighter. And in sports cards, I mean, everyone thinks that that was the major boom that we had in during COVID. I think that was the beginning stages of a major boom in sports card collectibles. I don't think I, I'm not saying that a Mike Trout rookie card is going to be worth $7,000 again or went to like $6,800 again. To me, that's absurd. And there's certain cards that were crazy. But I think this was just the beginning of people getting back into collecting. And there's phases, just like in everything. There's different phases in in society and like clothing, like this fads in. And it's like 80s is coming back. Bright colors are coming back. Things go in stages. I don't think we've even come close to hitting the peak collecting um, like m number of collectors in the hobby that I don't think we're even close to hitting the peak yet. Let me put it, put it that way. And if I'm going to put a prediction out there, which I am, because I don't care. I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't care if other people disagree with me. It's not like I'm just saying what I feel and, and I'm getting more comfortable being on this platform. And the whole reason I started YouTube was to like talk about, designs and of cards and things like that but i really realized that i really do love the aspect of investing in the future of baseball cards and i always have and i said in my very first or second episode youtube by myself i said they're a marriage thing i believe in both when i buy something with real cash money i want to make sure that thing i want to in my own mind making make it a point to think this is going to be worth more in the future or at least the same at least i'm not just throwing money at nothing during that boom i was not buying the cards that everyone was buying or some people were buying i was not buying that stuff i thought that was absolutely crazy the future boom in my opinion 
I'll throw it out there, is going to be high eye appeal, low grade, just, it doesn't even matter the grade, high eye appeal vintage. I don't think their day in the sun has even touched the surface yet. I think these threes and fours and fives and sixes that are out there that look better than the eights and nines that are off-centered. I mean, there's so many nines that I see that are, that are, uh, what do you call that? I call them, I used to call them crooked, but now that I'm on YouTube, it's uh, diamond cut. You know, diamond there's cut, so yeah. many diamond cut. It's like, yeah. I have, I have, I had endless diamond cuts in my collection. And yes, I, I bought off-center cards because off-center cards are less expensive. But I don't know if they were always less expensive. I don't think that that wasn't how my mind worked. But since going on YouTube, I've changed my complete mind. I'm one of those guys that I'm okay with changing my opinion. And I'm not going to stuck down a rabbit hole and stay in this is this is how I feel and never change my opinion about anything. I'm, I mean, this includes all aspects of life. I'm very open-minded about things. And... I see a huge push that is leaning towards these low eye appeal. I mean, these high eye appeal, low grades. And I think the future of our hobby is going to have a rush into vintage cards. And I think the boom that we saw, I think there's going to be a boom of vintage cards that look really appealing to the eye. And I think now's the time to focus on that. And for me, I'm selling everything I got that I don't, like love to look at now i don't care if anyone else does this this is my opinion and my thoughts i think the boom that we had was just a free-for-all that that got a bunch more people in the hobby and for me the crash that we saw from all those modern cards it, to me it should have been way worse and way crazier and way scarier but you know what i think a lot of those people are still in the hobby and a lot of those people, you can see them, they're really focusing and turning their corner and looking at vintage. You see it all over the place. It's popping up everywhere. I mean, you see the Instagram of uh, Maddie C. Like, he isn't the reason I started this. I started this journey before I even knew he existed. You told me about him, and then I started following him. I think that's the future of the hobby. I think it's going to be eye appeal based, and it's going to be vintage cards, and and I think there's going to be a huge boom. And I think we're going to see it. And I think even modern cards are going to have another day in their sun. Without modern collectors and without modern cards, the hobby is dead. Without flippers, without those type of people in this hobby, the hobby is dead. So I don't think any of it's dead. These guys are still in it. We lost a lot of guys, but man, people still buying modern base cards and they're still buying all these parallels and i'm fine with that i don't think they're gonna see the day in the sun that they had during COVID. i think that was just like in the stock market it just boomed for no reason all these companies that made zero money took off for no reason is all speculation i think that's exactly what occurred in the sports hobby but i think we rebounded i think our landing our crash landing was very soft compared to what it could have been and the vintage we didn't see a crash. Our, my, the cards that I were, was buying in, in the middle of March when things were at the peak were like leaders cards and things that hadn't even moved. Ted Williams cards. They've been the same price since I was a kid. They were $300 in the Beckett in 1987. There's still $300 in fives. Like there's, there's so much area for vintage cards to move up. 
and they've finally had a day in the sun. But you know what? During that boom, it was really the big cards that had the boom, the Hank Aaron rookies, the Mickey Mantle rookies, um, these other cards that really shot up, the Willie Mazes. They've ha- some of them have settled down a little bit as well they should because a lot of those weren't good eye appeal and they weren't the right cards to buy. So my prediction, throwing it out there, roll me under the bus. I don't care. This is my collection. I can do it. What I can do whatever I want. Just like you guys can do whatever you want. Think however you feel. My thoughts are there's going to be a huge boom ahead in the collecting space in baseball cards and basketball cards and football cards, everything. And I think it's going to be coming in the vintage realm. And I think it's going to be the high eye appeal regardless of the grade. That's my prediction, and like it or not, it, it's totally up to you. It's just I'm just gonna throw it out there because I'm in this world now, and, and I'm I like to put my opinions out there now. So I, lo- I, lo- I, I love when you I love when you say stuff like 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 I, I was telling you earlier. I get fired up when you when you because I know you believe it, and uh, I believe it too. Like, I, well, I, let's just say this: I want that to happen. I I'm hopeful, but I'm not. You know, I'm, I have a hard time making predictions because I don't. You know, I'm not really in tune as much. I'm getting more as I talk to more collectors and stuff. I, I know what I'm probably going to want to have in the future in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I'm pretty confident in myself, but I, I don't know like others. I don't know what kids, kids like how many kids came back or came into the hobby over the last couple of years. I don't know. I, I've heard they're at shows. Now, I wanted to say this, though. One of the reasons I wanted to have you talk about that and bring that up again is because you are one of the few people that I've encountered that's actually never left the hobby, never taken a break. Am, am I correct in that? You've it's been never, never, never taken a break my entire like, life. Literally, when I, when I zoom back in, I've been buying cards for a while, but uh, I wasn't like in tune with the hobby like I am now. Uh, but you know, when I got back, got back a couple years ago, and like I started listening to a few podcasts and uh, YouTube channels. You know, when you when people like shows have people on there and they interview them, it's always like the same thing. It's like I was into cards when I was a kid and then, uh, you know, I discovered girls and then I stopped caring about cards and then just got back. Like it's it's like 90 percent of that same story, which, you know, it's fine. But it's like every everyone, it seems like was into it during the, the boom era, then took a break. And then now they're back within the last five years or so or something like that, two to five years. Um, whereas you are someone who has been in it for ever, for as long as you've been around <laughs> you, since you well, were really, well, right? it doesn't, absolutely. It doesn't make me smarter. Honestly, I'm just in the world now. I was by myself in a rock, but if you talk to anyone I went to high school with, I literally, I've said this story before I was at a, a funeral of a, of a friend and I had someone come up to me and say, they heard a rumor that I bought my first house with my baseball cards because everyone knew I collected baseball cards. No matter who you were in my school or any friend ever had knew I collected baseball cards. I never stopped. I I love it, but it was by myself. I never talked to people about it. So I, my opinions are, are simply just my opinions. Like I, I've bought so many, I mean, I, I used to have a bunch of Jordan rookies and, and I sold all that stuff. So it, and I, I sold them because they doubled in price, you know, from like $400 to $800. And, and it's like, wow, no brainer. I'm 23 years old. I'm going to sell these things. Now, was that the smart move? Of course not. I should have saved them until now, until the boom and sold them at 10 grand each. But, but now I'm, now that I'm in this world, I'm learning a lot more. 
and the knowledge that I've gained all my life about things, I'm, I'm, I'm really putting myself out there and I'm literally selling, I've sold 200 cards, graded vintage cards this year that I didn't, didn't, I do not think will be worth more in the future. Or if they are, it'll just be more of just like a, because vintage will be growing, but it's the eye appeal wasn't there for me. So I'm just unloading them and I'm trying to sell 10 cards every week. Um, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I've never left the hobby. I've been in it my whole life by myself, always buying cards. I mean, I've gone through different phases of buying boxes and ripping things. So it, this, this whole new world of being involved and actually learning about like high numbered cards and what like things are, I don't know all that stuff. I knew they're high numbered cards, but I never asked somebody. I never like researched it. It's just like, well, that card's expensive. The Rod Crew rookies, it's expensive. Why is it? Well, I don't know, but now I know. Why is it? Why are all these certain cards expensive? Well, you know, I just knew they're expensive. It didn't, I never had that road that I went down except for the magazines I get that I read. I only knew like this much. But since YouTube, my knowledge has expanded huge. But that doesn't change the fact that I'm, I'm just a person taking guesses of the future. Well, and, and the last thing I want to just dig into a little more is um, I think for, you know, for that prediction to come true, for there to be another boom and, um, you know, things to grow even further in the future, who knows what, you know, might be next year, five years, who knows. Um, but I think it, like you said, it has to be in the form of more collectors coming, either coming, coming back or fanatics or tops or whatever, um, somehow generating new collectors collectors through their marketing, whatever marketing they're going to do and, and promotions. Um, what do you, how do you see that happen? Like, I know there's been like, if someone who collected cards, like you and I in the eighties, um, you know, there's been a lot of those that including myself who found their way back, right. That's a huge per percentage of the people that are added to the hobby over the last couple of years is people who came back. Um, but maybe there's, do you see like even more of those, like ones that haven't come back yet, but that will over the next period of time? Uh, or do you see more like just brand new collectors, kids or, you know, whatever, guys our age or, or whatever, that just never did it when they were kids, but want to all of a sudden start? Like, what is this? What does the uh, new collector look like, do you think, in the future? Look. I, I, that's like one of those things. It's like where all the collectors came from during the boom was because everyone was bored and they're at home and had nothing to do and going back. I don't know where the future collectors are going to come from rather than the fact that just things go in cycles and, and with fanatics owning an MLB and NBA and NFL owning a piece of a baseball card company. Now that's, where it's going to come from. You're going to see this stuff on TV. I mean, that's my thoughts. And fanatics put billions of dollars out there and millions of dollars. They're going to keep pushing this thing. They're not going to want their business to crumble. Now, with all this said, the economy has to do with everything, right? So whether we keep crashing in the baseball card world or not, when the economy gets better, is that's where my predictions come in. It's not like I think that's going to beat the economy. If the economy crashes, baseball cards are going to crash too and sports cards. That, but what happens in a crash is that the, the cream rises to the top when it's all done. You, you, you know, you buy your Apple stocks and your Disney stocks when the world's crumbling because 
when it stops crumbling, those take off and those have the power to continue on. So it's no difference for the sports car world. We have the momentum. We built that momentum. We have the collectors coming in. We have the future of fanatics who spent all this money at the peak of the paid a crazy amount of money. They're going to want to keep this thing going. And Major League Baseball and basketball and football, they all own a piece of fanatics. So it's it. this is a big – I think the push is going to be coming from new collectors, of course, because new collectors are, are – that's how it works. And the new collectors turn into vintage collectors later in life. And, and a lot of people don't agree with that, but I wholeheartedly uh, agree with that. And that's how it happened to me. That's how it happens to anyone. And then when you see crashes like we just had, it really pushed people into the vintage world. And a lot of the people, you, you know, all these, in, these investors and these kids, they're starting to see that. And that's just the beginning. And then they, if they just learn just a little bit of it and they start understanding it, I mean, modern cards are awesome, and I, there's always a future for that. So I think that's Fanatic's job is to get more collectors involved. And it's it's the YouTube community, guys like, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but these these, in, these other investors-type shows that have all these influencers, they're really pushing for kids. Some of them are very good, and they really want to get kids involved. That's the future. Get the kids involved. Get them collecting and and organizing cards and doing things like that. And that's that's how we grow, and that that's my thought is we're we're just on the we're just on the crisp the crusp of growing this hobby way bigger than it was in the past fifteen years. And and you know you always hear like oh kids aren't going to care about Hank Aaron and Willie Mays or, or whoever, but it's on the other side of that it's actually easier way easier to learn about the legends of the past. Than when we were kids, right? We we talked about that. Absolutely. The best thing we had was turn back the clock cards, Beckett magazines. Um, now they got it just at their fingertips. They could learn about any player. They could watch any documentary. They could do anything they want to to quickly learn and develop some sort of a connection and um, you know appreciation for whether it be baseball, basketball, football, or whatever uh, players of the past. I think that you, you, that doesn't get mentioned enough that like technology is really allowing that to um, change the game in a way, because that's, this is the first real generation over the last whatever period of time that can do that. Um, we didn't, you know, but our, our yep. kids and so forth can. So I think that needs to be mentioned too. Um, but yeah, I, I, man, I, I love hearing that because everything's, feels negative right when when you watch sports card shows and its prices are down and um you know and so i wanted to inject a little positivity and there's nobody better than you to do it because <laughs> you know you you believe it and you you know you can you can tell that you're not you're not just saying that because you hope it comes through but you believe that's going to happen and i believe you because you know i know i know i always said i i know more about sports still than i know like because i've watched a ton of sports for years and years and years i know more about sports and sports history and stuff like that than cards i'm, I'm gaining with the cards a little bit but um i feel like you know a lot more about cards than i do so i you know i really i know nothing about sports so yeah, and you don't know probably as much i read about <laughs> vintage players yep all right well uh i want to throw one last thing out there which is um anybody watching this in the comments i want to make it uh a feedback show interactive where um, give us suggestions for 
like we said, the, the, the show is generally going to be two topics, one about the past, one about the, the, the now and the future. Give us ideas. Um, let us know what you'd like us to talk about. I think we could probably bring some guests on from time to time who might be experts that we're not um, in, in certain things or, or players that we want to look back at that, you know, maybe there's, there's people that can um, bring more expertise and we can kind of just come along for that ride. So there's a lot of ways we'll go with this, but please give, give your feedback on um, what you'd like to see talked about on this show. I'd love to hear it. So anything, anything else you want to say before we sign off here on episode one? I appreciate you guys for listening. And these are all just fun opinions, fun things to talk about. And uh, last thing, I do think you nailed it with uh, getting the people into the hobby as far as the technology that's around nowadays. I'm brand new in this whole technology world and I'm learning a great deal. So imagine all those collectors as kids that have the access to everything that is out there now. There is not going to be a lost generation that doesn't collect vintage cards. That's not going to happen going to be around forever so keep collecting and just have a good time with it and go down the rabbit hole you want to go down that's it that's, that's it. all i got <laughs> thanks guys for watching uh we'll be back in two weeks and we'll be on dylan's channel double d vintage baseball cards make sure you subscribe to both uh subscribe to the podcast because all episodes regardless of what youtube channel they go on will be on as a podcast so uh thanks guys and we'll be back appreciate it See you, Dylan. See you guys.